This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're at in the U.S. or around the world. Welcome. I'm your host, Pete Caliendo. This is Baseball Outside the Box. And listen, we've got a great show for you today, but we're going to start off with a couple things. Don't forget, go to BaseballOutsideTheBox.com, and that's the audio part. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Share it with everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank you, ESPN Honolulu, for having us um, on your website. We appreciate it. Great, great response for Honolulu. And of course, we're on all over social media. We're live on Facebook. If you have any questions on Facebook today, go ahead and just punch it in the comments section. We'll get that question to our guest. And uh, and I got to tell you, we've been trying to get Steve on. It's not been his fault. It's been mine um, because I think he runs an outstanding program. We have the founder and president of Roberto's Kids. Uh, he's going to tell you all about it. Steve Pinder. Pinder. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Good. Great, great, great to connect with you again. Uh, great to have you, and uh, I know you're doing a lot of hard work. Before we start, uh, I do want to just ask you. I'm going to give you the rapid questions uh, in a minute here, but I do want to ask you during the pandemic, how you, how, you know, over the two years, how's how you been? Oh, I've been good. Uh, I won't lie to you. Um, I, I think I, I got COVID, uh, and uh, you know, it, it 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 happens. I'm I my, I got it. My wife got it. My son and his daughter and his his wife. Um, to be honest with you, I'm I was one of the l- lucky ones. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't horrible, and, and we all got through it, and we're all fine now. So that's a wonderful yeah. thing. And I wanted to tell the folks you, you obviously you work at the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. What a fantastic job to have! Um, how how was that during the pandemic? We guys still right, doing stuff. We shut down for 103 days when we when it, when the pandemic first started. We shut down from March 26, 2020, until. Uh, excuse me, March 16th to June 26th. We've been open ever since then. Obviously, when we when we reopened, we were under uh, uh, guidance from the state as far as capacity, et cetera, et cetera. We followed all that. You know, I'm biased. I know that, but I think the hall did a wonderful job uh, of handling the, uh, the situation, did everything we were supposed to do, et cetera. Um, and now, uh, as of probably two weeks ago, uh, we're uh, no masks. It just just happened in the last couple of weeks, so we're doing well. We're looking for a quote unquote uh, normal summer, you know. And well, induction last year was was great, but it was uh, you know it wasn't normal. People said to me, "Well, how was this? How was this? How was the induction of September?" I said, "Well, it it would be like an induction you'd you know you're used to having it on a Sunday in July." Et cetera, et cetera. We had it on a Wednesday in September. We, we had to. It was better, you know, and it's certainly better than nothing. But we had 20,000 people for Jeter, which was tremendous. Uh, but, you know, um, had it been a July induction with no pandemic, oh my goodness, probably, you know, it might have been the largest crowd ever. You know, and at this point, at this point, still, uh, Ripken Gwynn may go down as the rock. You know, forever. I don't know. Uh, 2007 was Ripken Gwynn, and that's the largest crowd to date for the induction, 82,000. So what do we got coming up? Poppy? We got big, big, big Poppy will help with the draw a lot this summer. He'll, we'll obviously all of New England. We'll have uh, a lot of Dominicans there, et cetera. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I, I can't predict the crowd, but have three, 
three living Hall of Famers coming in this three living coming in this summer. You got uh, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, and Ortiz. Oh yeah, and then some others, some others that had passed who still though have a Gil Hodges. Um, he'll, he'll have a, a nice draw from Gil Hodges, um, Buck O'Neill, Minnie Minoso. So it's going to be a great summer. Yeah, we had many here in, in uh, Chicago a few times honored at, at the Pitch and Hit Club. What a great guy. Of course, all oh. you mentioned are fantastic. What normally happens, you know, and folks, I'm going to ask uh, Steve a couple questions about the Hall of Fame because he works there. So, and then I'll get into the other questions. Uh, you know, the uh, if somebody passed away, a family member accepts the award? Yep. Yeah, like Sharon, his widow. She was actually, um, when someone is elected, a living member, uh, they come in one at a time during the winter for their induction, uh, excuse me, for their orient. I apologize, for their orientation. Uh, one day they're there, um, they get a tour of the museum from, uh, you know, the entire museum plus the archives. They meet the local press, uh, the reception held for them. Uh, they go through the logistics induction weekend with senior staff, et cetera. So yeah, we've, we've already had so far, we've had, let's see who's been here so far. Uh, so far we've had uh, his widow, Sharon, and uh, Tony Oliva have all been, have been, have been there so far. We and talk about a wonderful human being, Tony Oliva. They don't get much better than that man. Just the most wonderful, kind, humble person. He's, he's great. Tony Oliva, Cuban? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember yep. I've been to Cuba quite a bit. Two, and, two Cubans going in the summer, Minoso and Oliva, two Cubans. That's great. Absolutely. Hey, Steve, finally, I probably should ask you this first. What do you do for the Hall of Fame? What's your main function? Um, I actually just trans, I've been there about five years. Uh, I was a uh, in visitor services before I won the supervisors there. Um, that's the department that uh, basically is the face of the museum, greets them when they come in, answers their questions, et cetera. I trans, uh, excuse me. I um, went over, I'm in retail now. I'm a retail supervisor now. And I, I like that very much. You know, maybe some people don't know, but you know, and it's kind of interesting, I think. Um, how is the Hall of Fame funded? It's a 501c3 nonprofit. It is funded strictly by donations. But you knew that, but I appreciate the question. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, the average well, the person- One of the questions we get out now, a question we get every day, all day long is, does MLB own the Baseball Hall of Fame? Does right. MLB own half of the Hall of Fame? Does MLB have an official affiliation with the Hall of Fame? The answer to them is no, no, and no, those questions. MLB has a wonderful relationship with the Baseball Hall of Fame, but it has no official affiliation. The National Baseball Hall of Fame uh, is a 501c3 that was started by the Clark family back in 1939 and is still controlled by the Clark family today. You know, what's kind of interesting about it, not knowing a lot about it, but what's interesting, it's separate from MLB. And that's kind of good, too, because then yep. there's no pressure when it comes to the voting and some other things. That exactly. Go on. Exactly. Yes, yep. I, I like that. All right. Some rapid ones for our guests, just to get to know you a little bit. Where were you born? New York? Well, here's the party. Here's the part where people are going to probably say he's not telling the truth. But I was born in Cooperstown. Nice. Honest. Honest. I didn't even know Honest. that. Awesome. People that. People ask me that when I'm at work and they think I'm kidding them. I said, no, no, no. I was actually really born. In, I said, I wasn't born here at the Hall of Fame, but I was born in Cooperstown. How big is Cooperstown? 2,000 people. Was that about the same when you were a kid? Did it grow in? Oh, it hasn't. Nothing's moved. Nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, I love those tiny towns because I went to school. I went to a Mickey on baseball school when I was young for about 10 years. And there's a town called Miller, Missouri. That was only like 1,500 people. 
So we spent uh -huh. the summer there, loved it. How about, uh, you know, it's such a, what did your parents do when, you know, as in, as far as living? I actually grew up in a, in a wholesale auto parts family. And uh, when I was old enough to, to help out, I was helping out. When I was old enough to get my license, I was out on the road do, doing things. So I, I like that. I liked it very much growing up in a family business. I, I really did. A lot of hard work, but I, I, I had a lot, of, a lot of good values I learned. So that's what I did. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. No, you, you hope to see that more and more nowadays, because um, back then I think it was more common. How about favorite food? What do you got there? Oh, favorite food. I, I would tell you, my favorite food, I would have to be, oh, I'm kind of a, I'm well, not kind of, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, beef. So probably uh, things like hamburgers and meatloaf, things like that. All right, cool. And uh, what about as a kid, did you play any sports? Oh, like as a kid, yeah. Uh, baseball, but I didn't uh, go any, no, no college ball or anything like that for me. But I, I did play baseball going up through. Anything else? Nope. Well, obviously that was your favorite sport, right? Uh, always has been. Is there a favorite sport you like watching that you necessarily didn't play? Uh, well, I'm going to bore everybody, but I, I like to watch baseball. Yeah, well, you know, we all like to watch baseball. By the way, speaking about that, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to have MLB Network. You know, everybody was excited about, you know, the uh, lockout being over. So was I. Yeah. I was more excited because I love watching MLB Network. It's on 24 hours, you know, and you get right. all the great uh, baseball keeps you excited. So that's a, that's a, I'm with you there. I like baseball too, not just the games, but also the networks. How yep. about, um, um, what was your motivation? Because that's what we're going to get into um, in starting Roberto's Kids. Sure, absolutely. Um, 1997, I think that's like 25 years ago. My goodness, my wife and I took our very first trip to the Dominican Republic. Um, we went uh, with our church actually on a, on a mission team to, construction, dental, medical, et cetera. And uh, a couple years later, um, a local Little League called up and they said, uh, we've got some stuff uh, that we don't need anymore. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. We just don't need it. Would you like it? We know that baseball is huge in the DR. Would you like to take it there? I said, absolutely. So 1999 was basically when we got our, our, our start. From 99 till 05, uh, we were, as it was a family project, we would literally do everything from one end to the other. We would uh, inventory it, pack it on this end, and then we would uh, take it on the plane if we were going to the DR and distribute it on the other end. Um, 2005, we had grown past the point of taking things on the plane with us. And I knew, I just had a feeling that as we were probably doing probably, at end of 2005, we were probably doing... Uh, three or four tons a year, something like that. And, and I said to my wife, you know, as great as this is, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I just, I know it in my heart. Um, I did not work at the Hall of Fame there, but I've always had friends there. I actually got a hold of um, the president in the end of 05. Uh, and uh, they put me in touch with the Clemente family. Um, I met Roberto Jr. and Luis in the January of 2006. They very graciously gave me permission to use their father's name. Roberto's Kids was born. And uh, from 99 until now, excuse me, from, well, from 99, especially from 06 until now, it had been, has been the most wonderful, emotional uh, ride of my life. Uh, the Clementes have no official affiliation with Roberto's Kids, nor do I with the Clemente Foundation but we have become very, very good friends. Uh, and they're always there for me. I try to be there for them. 
And the fact is when Roberto's kid was born and the Clemente name was affixed to it, um, my goodness, uh, that changed everything for us. You know, then we, we literally were getting requests from all over the world. You know, I, um, on a non-pandemic year, um, we're probably distributing now 20, 25 tons a year all around the world. You know, I had, I had a reporter ask me a couple of years ago, they said, has Roberto's kids gone beyond your wildest dreams? And my answer to the gentleman at the time was no. Um, I said to my wife just recently, if I was asked that question now, my answer would be yes. It has gone beyond my wildest dreams because we are, our stuff, it just, I can hardly even, you know, imagine our stuff now literally is going around the world. Um, I mean, places like Serbia and Siberia and, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Bhutan. I, I, some of these countries, I actually wasn't even a hundred percent familiar where they located. I had to look them up. Um, How many how many countries Pardon? you think you've been in? How many countries what? have been? How many countries? Oh goodness gracious! All of, I wouldn't even be able. To, um, well, I. That's a great question, actually, Pete. And what we did when we first started, you know, it was always strictly Dominican Republic. Then I, then we, we were then with the Clementes. We added Puerto Rico. I said to myself a long time ago. Actually, I had, I've had some wonderful mentors along the way, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, et, et cetera, et cetera, and who've helped me. Um, guided me through what can be pitfalls in third world countries. And so I've been very, very lucky along those lines. And I've been very careful uh, as we came through never to add a country on where we did not have a very good working channel of distribution. Because sure. when you're dealing with third world countries, it is so easy for your stuff to end up in the wrong hands, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, we eventually then uh, added, we eventually were able to add on uh, Mexico, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Colombia, and then it went from there. Um, Philippines. Uh, there's, I'm sure you know this. You're a baseball man, but I, 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 I keep telling people, I hope in my lifetime that there's Africans in, in Major League Baseball because Africa is the next breeding. It is huge in baseball. They're learning the game. But talk about a love for baseball. We have a we have, we've distributed a lot of stuff in Nigeria, Uganda, Benin, uh, a lot of country, a lot of this, and they absolutely love the game in Africa. Love and it. you know what? You had it right on the button. I mean, there. Is, I, I believe that soon Africa Africa is going to explode. MLB believes that too. They've been funding, putting yep. money into programs there. I um, agree with you, Steve. How does a country get like uh, you're going to get requests? There's over 120 countries playing baseball. So yep. you're going to, when you get these requests, I know you have to have a, a way to get the equipment there and you got to be assured of that, but how do you decide right. if you got five countries and all of a sudden you only, you can only distribute the three. Fair enough. Fair enough. First thing we do is check out the request. You know, that that's, that's number one. First, we, we, uh, I hate to use the word screen them, but they, they I can't oh, yeah. put it any other way. They're screened. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just a couple hours ago, I was chatting with a friend of mine and I said, well, what's the screening process? Well, I said, you know, it started in the DR. Uh, I have a, had a lucky to have a long relationship with MLB and the DR and they're always willing. And, and I, it's comical because, you know, if I get, let's say I get an email today from somebody in the, in the DR or Puerto Rico that I never heard of before. Um, uh, we have a request form, et cetera, et cetera. And also if it's the DR, I give them the name of who they contacted MLB in Santo Domingo. And here's how it usually works. No surprise to anybody. 
if they call MLB, they're legitimate. If MLB never hears from them, they weren't legitimate to begin with. Yeah. I hate to sound, I hate to sound like a pessimist for the folks who are listening, but I've, I've done this a long time and I've learned through the years. I am not an expert, I've, but I've learned through the years with the one step forward, two steps back. You know, it just, we all learn, from, you know, if, if someone says you're an, an expert, it's only because of experience. It's not because, it's nothing else. I learned, I learned through the years of doing this. Um, so back to your question. You would then, we would then screen them and find out who of the five are, is, you know, is legitimate, is, is legitimate worthy. And then uh, we decide, you know, from there, we would send, okay, what, what is on your list? You know, how can I help you? Um, there are other organizations that do similar work to us and they um, choose to distribute the same products to everybody. I'm not criticizing that at all. That's what they do that, you know, they would certainly gets a package and a package consists of the same items for everybody. I, I am not here to criticize that one, one, one bit. We do it differently though. Um, I will ask for a quote unquote wish list from the, from the, from the prospective recipient um, with them knowing up front, I may not be able to fill the entire list, but if they're legitimate and they, I mean, if they're legitimate and they give me a list that we can pretty come close, pretty close to, to filling, that's what we do. Um, we find that our donations last longer, go further, um, uh, positively affect more recipients that way than giving someone a, a, a size fits all package that maybe they didn't need everything that was in the package, if that makes sense. Steve, also take, think about this now. Okay, you got a country, you got a federation, um, you got yep. also clubs or teams. Does yep. anybody make a request or does this request have to come from a federation, a home club? How does that work? If, 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 great question again. If a country has a federation, I then will check the recipient out with a federation to make sure that they're who they say they're, et cetera. If they don't, we've just been doing it long enough that it turns out that somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who I, I trust and they will, they, will, they will do the legwork for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, that no, definitely makes sense. You know, the other part of all this, <laughs> I mean, here you are, you've got a full-time job, plus you found Roberto's kids. You have other people helping you with Roberto's kids? Um, yeah, I've got a board of directors and they are wonderful. Um, it, it, it's never, you know, it, I, 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 I fail miserably to talk about myself. My wife said it's one of my worst traits, but I'm, uh, I'm I, I, I don't like to talk about myself. I never, ever want to come off as anything but humble because that's, I feel, I feel this is an honor. This is an absolute honor for me to be able to do, you know, it's almost like having two full-time jobs. I do most of the work myself uh, and it's not work. It's pleasure. I absolutely love, you know, I don't play golf. I don't do other things. I do this. This is what I do. You know, What's that? Go ahead. What's that? well, here's an interesting one. What's that pleasure then? Is it the, you know, what's the process? You got to, all this equipment come to you. You got to box it up. How's it shipped? You're doing all this. Well, the pleasure is, the pleasure is from the end. The pleasure is, the pleasure is when I get a, a I got one just last week. When I get a, five second video from some little kids in Colombia that says, gracias, Roberto's kids. That's it for me. It doesn't get any better than that. Sweet. You know, that, that's what it's all about. It's the, as a, you know, I have spent enough time <clears throat> in third world countries that I know that I can tell people, honestly, you know, those pictures you see of some of kids in these countries that they're running around in underwear with no shoes, no sock, no, no, nothing else. And I said, you know, it's true. It's all true. I've seen it 
over and over and over and over again. You know, it's, it's, just, the, it's just the way it is. You know, I love that part. And uh, now the equipment comes into you. How, We've you actually to... got collection hubs all over the country. We've okay. got, we that. Yes, we do. We've got collection. One of, one of the things that I am proud to talk about is the fact that Roberto's Kids is 100% volunteer staffed and based. I've never taken a penny out of Roberto's Kids as a salary, nor, nor our board members, nothing. Any, any monetary donations we get, and we can always use them, of course, are used for shipping and storage. We, no one takes a salary at all. So we have, obviously, I have storage here in Oneonta, which is where I live. It's a half hour from Cooperstown. But we've got well, we've got storage, uh, we've got collection locations in. Uh, oh, let me think now. California and Chicago and Iowa and Texas and Connecticut, um, Massachusetts. So not every single geographic area of the country, and one in Ontario. Sorry, I almost forgot Ontario. I don't want to do that because obviously baseball is very popular in Canada as well. Smith calls me up today. Smith calls me up today, and she says, um, um, "I'm cleaning my, you know, my, uh, my my children have all moved out of the house, and I've got some equipment, you know, that I would like to donate. You know, um, two things. Number one, um, I had someone ask me one time, well, aren't you too big now to keep to keep, you know, to accept one glove or one ball? And I remember telling that a person when they said that to me, I said, about the time that I am too busy or too important." to collect one glove or one ball, I'm, I'm in the wrong business because it said, oh, am I thrilled when a, when a manufacturer says, I, I'm going to give you a half a truckload or a truckload of, absolutely thrilled. But that doesn't mean that the one glove, one bat is any less important because that's, that's what we're all, that's how we started. And that's what we're all about. So I tell Mrs. Smith, I'm happy to take your donation, ma'am. Where are you located? Oh, she says, I'm in, I'm in somewhere in Texas. I then connect her with our collection location in Texas. If they're close enough, then the item gets 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 there. That's how that that's how that usually works. Um, also, also, um, I'm I'm very very honored to say that we've had it for years now. A very good uh, relationship with MLB MLB's RBI organization. I love RBI, and if it's if it's an organization, um, I hear I, I had a I had a, young, a high school ball player two weeks ago in the Clearwater Tampa area in Florida. And he he and his baseball teammates were doing a community service project collecting baseball equipment at one of their home games. I do not have a collection hub in the Tampa area right now. I simply contacted the uh, for Tampa. It's the Rays that is Rays Tampa RBI. I connected, I said, to, I got a hold of the Tampa Rays, Rays RBI. Hey, I got this young gentleman in Clearwater. Would you like his stuff when he's done? He would love it. Now, the RBI, I, I can't say enough about RBI. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I talk to you about RBI, but I love RBI. Uh, and, and they are always receptive. They're always thrilled to, to receive donations from us. You know, speaking about donations, you said donations, but are there also some sponsorships or is it strictly just the do donations by individuals? Um, it's most of the, I would have to say that's a great question. Um, our donor base is comprised of individuals. Now for individuals, it could be a ball player. It could be someone who just had extra stuff. It could be someone doing an Eagle Scout project. It could be a young man doing his uh, bar mitzvah project. Any, you know, individuals, we then uh, leagues, organizations, uh, town and city recreation departments, 
sporting goods stores who have extra or they're going out of business, you know, all kinds of things, really all kinds of things. Now, yes, have I received uh, donations in the past of, of brand new items? Absolutely, absolutely, from, from uh, Louisville Slugger, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but, but most of the stuff, People say to me, well, is your stuff new and used? Probably the percentage is probably 85 gently worn, 15% new. Probably right about there. All right, folks on Facebook, we're speaking with Steve Pinder, Roberto's Kids founder. They ship equipment all over the world. You know, and even, even that 15% used equipment, I mean, kids, you know, in all kinds of countries could use any kind of equipment as long as it's not broken. Right. Or they to receive it. Exactly. You know, that I tell people all the time, you know, well, uh, you know, what, what do you take and what don't you take? Well, you know, people want to know what, you know, what are you looking for? I send them our frequently asked questions. And I tell people, and this is the truth. I think we're about the easiest organization to donate that there is going. Like I said, there's just two things that we ask, I ask people not to give us. Number one, a batting helmet if it's cracked. I said, if it's a batting helmet, there's missing some foam or something, I'll take it. We'll repair it. We'll send it on its way. But I said, please do not donate a batting helmet that is functionally, you know, it's, it's unsafe. And I, I explained to people, I said, the reason is I don't want a little kid in a third world country to wear this helmet and think he can stand in there and get beaned. And then he's obviously been injured. Yeah. The other thing is pants. The other thing is pants. We got a lot of little league uh, sizes, little league size pants. And as you know, when, when the kids are in little league, they're begin to allow it to slide. So I tell the moms who call us all, you know, I said, if you're, if you have a pair of pants that has a small hole in one knee or both, you know, um, please give, yes, of course we'll take it. We'll repair it. We'll send it on. But if you have a pair of pants that has huge holes in both knees, I said, please just throw them away. Um, and I, and my rationale there is that once again, it's a respect thing. I don't want a little kid who's never worn a pair of pants in his life to put on a pair of pants that should have been in the garbage. You know, that, that, so that, that, those are the only items because other than that, we take, you know, everything from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet, caps, jerseys, belts, pants, socks, cleats, uh, and then everything you use to play the game, uh, gloves, bats, balls, uh, pitchers equipment, umpire stuff, pitching rubbers, et cetera, et cetera. And all ages and for in all sizes, we, we, we take it all. Awesome. And uh, I, I'm going on a limb. I'm going to guess, uh, Greatest demand baseballs? Oh heck yes, absolutely. So that, that absolutely. see, I made that I made that question answer easy. That was a no. quick one, right? Good that job, was... I set you up. Good job, I didn't even set you up for that one. Thank you. <laughs> no, absolutely. Right now, now I was coaching in Belgium um, in in the nineties, and I had collected a lot of equipment at that time here in Chicago, and and had a shipping container shipped to Belgium. Now, so I know this is not cheap. How does that work? Because that's a lot of money to fill out these containers. Okay. And fair enough. Fair enough. What we've been doing, actually, what we've been doing during the pandemic when we haven't been shut down, but we've been limited as to what we can do. We've actually, a lot of the time, it's been the, um, okay, let's say, okay, I, I, hypothetically, I get a request from Cameroon in Africa. I will then say to the person, do you have a contact in the United States? states oh heck yes he said i've got a i've got a brother in philadelphia or i've got a so-and-so who comes to visit me who brings stuff to me i then will then we'll add an extra person in the in the loop here i will then make sure we will make sure the stuff gets to the relative here in the united states they then will get it to the recipient yeah so you're going to be creative during the pandemic 
What? Yeah, you got to be creative. Oh, exactly. Exactly. We've had really good luck with that during the pandemic. Really good luck. Wow, that's great. And now, um, as the pandemic's down, we still have the you know issues with uh, with with ships and containers. Or oh, heck yes. Yeah, that's causing. I've got a ship. We we have a. Um, I we donated uh, a pretty good amount of stuff to uh, Children of the Nations uh, last year, which was headed for the Dominican Republic, and that they still have not been able to get it successfully there. I mean, the stuff is safe, but they still haven't been able to get it there. And um, we worked with Pat Combs, the former MLB pitcher. Pat Combs, great guy. Um, he has an organization, and he does a lot of work in Belize. And we shipped some stuff with him to Belize. And as of a month ago, uh, they still were not allowed to play baseball in Belize. And now the stuff's there. It's just sitting safely waiting. But they're waiting for the government to say it's okay now. Yes. So, and many times, Steve, also on the flip side, um, sometimes the country has to have some funds to pay the taxes on something like that, don't they? Well, we make sure. Well, yes, but we make sure uh, we, we do our darndest to make sure that nobody incurs any expense on the other end. Because right. once again, third world countries being the way they are, sometimes what they want is a tax and sometimes they, what they want is a bribe. And that I'm just I'm being honest. I I've don't want to shock the, the folks listening. I apologize if I am, but that's kind of the way it is in some third world countries. I, I, so what, what ends up happening is we make sure that items are shipped into the country. We tell the recipient that we ship our items have, uh, as far because they we don't want them to be charged any tariffs or anything. We tell them that they come into the country with a zero monetary value. All right, Steve. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about all this was, you know, we're we're the whole the show's in about a hundred countries, so I think this is great because we could really spread the word, continue to spread yes, it. Sir. Yes. Um, about Roberto's kids, so people go to Roberto's slash kids dot org, and exactly. then that's, that's how they connect with you. Yeah. There's gonna, there's a link there. There's my, my email address is there. We've also got an info at there. But you're absolutely, I appreciate even spreading the word that way. R O B E R T O S dash kids k i d s dot org. And, and that's that's going to be yeah. on our show notes too. Anybody that re, anybody that reaches out, they can know who they're going to hear from. It won't be my secretary because I don't have one. It'll be me. Yeah, but that's what's great about it. Directly to the man in charge. Not you know, don't know cutting through any red tape. You handle it all. This is fantastic. Steve, before we go, um, here's what I, you know, go back to the Hall of Fame for a second, because you've sure. obviously met a lot of people at the Hall of Fame. And I know it's not an easy question because there's so many great people. Who's the person that impressed you the most? Um, you know, when they come in for their interviews, I believe you mentioned interviews for the Hall of Fame. Who's the person that just impressed you the most? You said, wow. Um, I just didn't realize this guy is or gal is just first class. Well, I mean, I, I already said the name earlier, but I got to be honest with you. Tony Oliva is, is one of the, the kindest. I had met him briefly years ago. I, we had an event up at, uh, in Syracuse, uh, AAA Mets. And we had an event up there. I did the event. It was a Roberto's Kids Night they had in August, which is Roberto's birthday was August 18th. So they had a Roberto's Kids Night and uh, Robert, they had a donation. They had a collection for Roberto's Kids. And they also had R Roberto Jr. Uh, came on and the broadcast the game in Spanish. So I was there with Roberto Clemente Jr. and myself. Tony Oliva was there as well. So I spent the evening with him. And when I mentioned, when I met him again a couple of weeks ago at the hall, I said, I never expect you to remember me, Mr. Oliva, but we met several years ago. He remembered 
meeting me with Roberto Jr. in Syracuse. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. He's yeah, remember you. He's got to be in his 80s. Oh, he is. Yeah. 83, maybe 80. Yeah, he is. What wow. wonderful, wonderful man. Other than that, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be generic with your question. Um, obviously, I because I work at the hall, I'm not supposed to talk about things too, too much as far as what uh, your question goes. I will say this, and, and I mean this sincerely: 99% of the Hall of Famers that I have met at the hall are the most humble, down-to-earth, wonderful people. They really, really are. So they really funny. are. Yeah, and I would have never, I would, don't worry, I wouldn't have put in a position. I wouldn't have said, who's the biggest jerk? I would never ask that. <laughs> I'll leave that to everybody's <laughs> imagination. Yeah, that's right. Everybody can figure that out sometimes. Um, sometimes when you hear some interviews, you wonder. But, all right, listen, uh, uh, you know, again, what, what a great thing you do for, Thank you. you know, baseball kids around the world. And I know it's not connected just to equipment. Let's finish it off maybe with this. I mean, because, you know, you've done some ministry work overseas. Um, you know, there's other things that you help with. I, I was yep. reading a hurricane. Um, talk a little bit about some extra things you do. Also well, in the, well, in the past, in the DR, my wife and I have distributed food, um, went down there and bought, you know, bought food in bulk. And then we made small packages out of each one and we throw and went to the barrios and, uh, and uh, distributed food. We did that on Easter Sunday one time. And um, shoes. I had a lady call me up several years ago and said, um, my son wants to collect shoes and like not, not baseball shoes. It's everyday shoes. He ended up with 4,000, 4,000 pair of shoes, 4,000. Wow. We took them to the Dominican Republic and we distributed every pair. Uh, we've done clothing before, you know, there, there's a need for this stuff all over the place. Um, so, and I actually very, very lucky Roberta's kids does receive donations of some new clothing sometimes too. And, and we actually make, we, we certainly, yeah, we're able to, to distribute that to those who need it. Well, we know a country, obviously, now, and I know you've you've done stuff uh, there. Uh, you know, this country right here, Steve, yep. Ukraine's going to need a lot of equipment when this yep. is all over. These poor young kids and their parents, they're not going to be able to afford anything. Exactly. Exactly. We, we charted that. I know you and I shared that before we got started. Uh, you, you've done a lot of work there, and, and I have a very good friend in Pearland, Texas, uh, David Moss, who has done a lot on Ukraine, and he is just so heartsick about it. Um, I, Roberto's kids has donated a lot of stuff to him, which is he's taken it to uh, to Ukraine, to I can't remember all the countries uh, that he's donated in, in in Europe. He's done a lot of work getting um, baseball, and I know that once we get better, he, we'll be donating to him, and he'll be taking it over again. Absolutely, super good to hear that. I know we'll be helping also. And uh, folks, uh, you know, some prayers for our friends in Ukraine and also prayers for our friends in Russia, too, because they have families yep. in Ukraine. You know, these are the average people here are, are in the middle of all this. It's all about, uh, you know, government here. So, um, hey, Steve, fantastic. Man. Keep up the great work. Thank you. It's great. It's great to talk to you again. But folks who don't know, Pete and I met years ago at an ABCA convention, and it's really great to connect with you again. I appreciate what it. Year was that? You remember the year? Oh, I, I can remember we were in Nashville. I, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember we were at the Opryland Hotel. 
Absolutely. Um, it's been, been several years since it was held there, but I remember we were at Nashville. That I do remember. Well, we're heading in January, Nashville this year. I know. I got to get back there again because Roberto's even, I was with collegiate ball at the time. I was the president of a summer yeah. baseball, but Roberto's kids, since I, I have, I mean, I went to the Hall of Fame, I, I left, I had to leave collegiate ball, but Roberto's kids have stayed a member of ABCA since then. So I want to get back there as a vendor one of these years. Yeah, it'd be great to see him in person, Steve. So have a good day and uh, thanks again, buddy. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pete. Hi, folks. Steve Pinder, Roberto's Kids. What an awesome program. We'll put everything on the show notes, his email, the website we'll have up there so everybody knows um, how to get a hold of Steve. Special thank you to Brian Kroc, our producer with the Lineup Media Group. They're the ones who host the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, ESPN, Honolulu, and of course, to all 100 plus countries listening to the show, watching it on social media. Thank you all for helping and spreading the word of Baseball Outside the Box, the show that loves to interview baseball's best coaching minds and individuals in the game who love the challenge of status quo many times over. We've got some great guests, so check us out. And don't forget, Caliendo Sports International, head to the Dominican Republic baseball team, Christmas time. What a great trip there at Christmas. Dominican Republic, um, 14, 16-year-olds. We're just starting to put the roster together now. Email us, caliendosports91 at gmail.com. Uh, we got a team, a baseball team going to Italy this summer. We're still looking for three players. Again, 14 to 16 years old. Uh, if you haven't had international baseball experience, it is tremendous. We got a team going to Aruba. We got a softball team also heading to Aruba. So check us out. Um, email us at caliendosports91 at gmail.com. Hey, folks, remember, stay safe, be healthy. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next show. This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at BaseballOutsideTheBox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at LineUpMedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of LineUpMedia.fm.